0: Liverpool, Real Madrid, Manchester City,
1: Atletico Madrid. Giants are plenty across the Champions League this morning and storylines to match. Welcome to another Matchday episode of the Pod. Yes, howdy. Welcome once again to the Matchday Gagin Pod. Great to have you with us. As always, coming up on the show, we will recap the Wednesday edition of Matchday 2, discuss all the results, some of the late drama, which we often get, also a Socceroo playing in the Champions League, which is always nice to see, and we'll preview the Thursday matches too and talk about some of the drama happening off the field before Juventus and Barcelona. John Alawisi will join us before that, and Mark Schwartzer, too, will t- chat about everything he saw tonight or this morning, depending on where you are from Anfield. Joining me, Richard Bayless in the studio, Michael Bridges. Firstly, hey, Bridgie. Hi Rich and hi Pod listeners, good to be here. It is, as always, uh, Dave Weiner, did you enjoy this
2: morning Dave? I did, late drama as ever and very even across the board, so what more could we want from the Champions League?
1: Exactly right, well let's bring in a man who was uh, up in the cop. in fact he was the only man in the cop, which is pretty strange and disappointing as well of course, Mark Schwarzer, Socru's legend, former Champions League and Premier League goalkeeper, watched Liverpool beat Michieland of Denmark 2-0. Uh, Schwarzy, what did you think of Liverpool on the whole?
3: Um, listen, uh, listen, Liverpool job done, I think it was more one of those ones, Jürgen Klopp will be satisfied that they picked up three points. I don't think he'd be particularly happy with the overall performance. Uh, obviously, he'd be, he'd be very uh, disappointed with the, with the injury of Fabinho, uh, but the word is, uh, talking to a few people at Liverpool after the game, was that uh, Jean Massip is very, very close to being fit again. Uh, there was there was talk of him being involved in the squad last weekend, so Exact close, and I think they're pretty confident they'll be ready for this weekend game. So hopefully uh, it's it's one out and one in a game for them.
1: I would have thought, Bridgie, looking at the game when Fabinho went down in the first half, I would almost hazard a guess that Liverpool fans would rather have lost the game than see another centre-half go down injured. He limped off, of course, in the first half. On came young Reese Williams. That's good news, though, to have Matip back. We'll talk about... The permutations and the injuries in a moment, but Liverpool's victory, they did it the hard way. They didn't even look like scoring in that first half, did they? No, it was absolutely honking. I've got to be honest, it wasn't
4: pretty to watch um, from a Liverpool perspective because the, the entertainers, the attackers, it's happened in a couple of games this season. Milner said it in the last game, we got the job done, it was ugly. I, I disagree with you, Rich. I think fans want to win as many games as they can. They would have been worried, but they didn't.
1: you don't want to lose to a team. Like that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously not. I guess the oh. point I'm making is that they've had so many injuries that they just can't really afford another one.
4: Not, not at all. But I've got a, I've got to credit Liverpool were terrible in that first half. the The front four didn't look like they'd play it together. Swartz, he said that on the show when he was watching closer, you know, he didn't have that communication. The understanding wasn't there. But I've got to credit um, Michelin because they defended in numbers. They got players behind the ball, and towards the end of the game they could have almost come away with
2: something before Salah got the penalty. It's interesting, last week on the post-game show, Rich, you asked me about the triple change on the hour that that Klopp made, and at the time we were all a bit surprised by it, but it's really clear now since playing Sheffield United and today what that was all about in trying to introduce these guys into the squad. Part of that's been a change of formation. I'd love to know, Bridgie and Schwartzy, what you think about the move to the 4-2-3-1. He obviously reverted back to the 4-3-3 again once the big boys came on, but Klopp's trying to... um, Schwartz is trying to stay sort of one step ahead while trying to keep, uh, you know, reinvigorating Liverpool. What do you make of that change of formation? Is that something that he can keep reverting back to?
3: Um, oh, today's performance probably not. Um, but oh. I think you know, I think he'll definitely give it another go. Um, Shakiri, you know, took forty-five minutes to get going. Minamino, you know, just looked like he hadn't had that sharpness. Um, you know, he looked uh, very shy in front of goal. He should have got off couple on the end of a couple at the very least tested. Uh, you know the Michelin goalkeeper that didn't. Origi just looks like a shadow of himself, the one that uh, was so instrumental in coming on and scoring vital goals uh, for Liverpool during the Champions League campaign when they won it uh, a couple of seasons ago. Um, the, I mean, I suppose the one shining light of that front four that started the game was, uh, you know, uh, Jota. You know, I think he you know, was it three goals in, a, in in three games. Now he's been uh, he's been outstanding for them since he's arrived and. Um, listening to his interview post match about the fact that he's, you know, he's settled in so easily at Liverpool, um, a big factor, and I said it in the in the coverage was that the fact that he's come from another Premier League team, he he knows the Premier League already, he's done his settling in, his settling in was done at Wolverhampton, now he's come across to Liverpool, man for man, he's playing every day now, training every day, playing every game with better players, and he's just going to get better.
1: And he scored goals in his first three home games for Liverpool as well. That's a huge impact into a front three that is so set. Let's chat about Awa Mobile because, as I mentioned at the top, it's great to see a Socceroo in the Champions League. We don't see it often enough these days. Mark, what did you make of his involvement, not only across the, the 90 or the hour or so that he played, but also in the goal itself, the first yeah. one?
3: Uh, listen, I think it was, a you know, Johnny Johnny Owenski was talking about it in the coverage as the Bridgie touch on it, you know, it was a tough night for him, um, partly also because he had a huge responsibility in trying to help out in, in defense um, he's coming up against one of the best right backs in the world in Alexander Arnold particularly going forward and uh, you know Alexander Arnold tests the very best uh, you know uh, opposition players week in week out and, and uh, you know to try and track him uh, back and forth trying to get them up the other end to try and make a difference for his own team that I thought was very difficult for, for Mabil today. Um, he, he did. I think he did struggle physically. It's a, it's a different level. It goes without saying. Playing uh, guys from Liverpool, you know, Premier League uh, champions, top top class players, to a side coming from Denmark. Um, it's, a, it's a completely different level of football. So it was. It was. I think it was a great experience for him. Um, one he looked back at and hopefully learned from. Yes, he he should have done a lot better. He should have uh, tracked Alexander Arnold all the way back. He gave up a little bit. I think he was. It was more in hope that he was offside uh, when he put his arm up. But he didn't track him. Um, but uh, unfortunately for, for the, the deal, it, it wasn't offside, and, and the goal stood.
4: I totally agree with Swatch. I think he had to do a lot more defending than he did going on the, the attack. He was helping out Paulinho, the left-back there, and I think in the first half, there so with the change of Liverpool's formation, it didn't allow Alexander to get up as much, and when he did, were, it was easy to have the one-on-one situations. When the change are back to their normal, and you've got the two number 10s playing in there, there's a lot more attacking players... If it was Shakiri driving in there or it was Salah drive, driving in from that side, they didn't know. Pellini didn't know whether to go with him. He was asking Mbappe to come back and help, and that's where they understand the communication was lacking. Mbappe got himself in a one-on-one with Trent Alexander. He's ball-watching as he's left him go. The fullbacks come out and engage, and Alexander-Arnold has
1: done what he does best. In this system, they understood. Well, Schwartzy, before we let you crack on, I just want to ask, Two wins from two for Liverpool. That's only ever happened once in the grip stage for them before, which I was yeah, amazed to actually see that stat before the game. It's not job done. We know that. There's still four games to go. But just given how hectic the schedule is, how much of breathing space will this result give Jurgen Klopp now and the ability to go away and actually tinker the squad more? You know, he's got such a great start in the Champions League, you know, because he'll absolutely need to rotate more, won't he? This is a big result on paper.
3: Oh, absolutely, it's huge. You know, they're winning the first two games of the Champions League pushing in pole position um, you know for, for Jurgen it gives him that little bit of extra breathing space. He he can pick and choose in um, the game's coming up. Um, but you know, it's still a balancing act. You know, Liverpool also, Bridgie said it before, won win every game. And yeah. and that goes without saying. You know, you're you know you're champions of the, you know, of England and um, you know, Liverpool are obviously, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world. They're used to being uh, the favorites, and most of the time they're used to being hunted down teams always see them as a major scout. Um, so they, they want to continue that momentum as well. Winning games breeds confidence um, and, and momentum like they did last season. And, and Liverpool definitely want to continue along that path. But they they also, like you said, they need to balance it with numbers and, and give players breathing space. We all know they're, they're struggling in defensive uh, positions, particularly at centre-half they're going to have to tread very, very carefully. And we talked about it before the game, didn't we? You know, about Sabino playing along Gomez. Is it the right thing to continue on? I still believe it was the right thing, which is very unfortunate that Fabinho got injured.
1: It was indeed. We'll keep across the wash-up. Thanks for the update, though, and Joel Matip. That's uh, big news for Liverpool fans. Schwartzy, we'll let you go. I know you're uh, staying in Warrington before you go to Manchester United and Leipzig on Wednesday night. Uh, Warrington, spent a week there one night. Enjoy, mate. We'll uh, catch up with you on the coverage on Thursday uh-huh. morning.
3: Thanks, mate. You're missing out on all the of places, mate.
1: Uh, I'm telling you, you really are. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't doubt that. Mark Schwartzer, thanks for your company on the Gagin Pod. The Gagin Pod will be back in 20 seconds. Once you're done with this episode, though, take a moment to look up Two Sharp Reds. Socceroos great Mark Schwartzer is joined by Ollie Giel to talk about the lighter side of world football with a real focus on the day-to-day of the Premier League. Two Sharp Reds, from Optus Sport. Available where you get your podcasts. Now, back to the Gagin Pod. That's big news, Joel Matip being almost back to fitness for them. They need someone to come in. Reese Williams did pretty well, Dave, but that'll be the focus
2: after this. Every time we say Reese Williams, I picture the Soccero who's come back from nowhere to come and play for Liverpool. Um, I'm really interested over the next three games with the balancing act because I think you made a good point about just Liverpool just needing to get these points on the board. I think West Ham, Atalanta and Manchester City in the next three games is really going to sort Liverpool out. They're doing enough... And no one's doing enough behind them to really put pressure on them. But they're there for the taking. And they're three very different proponents or propositions to test them out.
1: Absolutely. Well, the group showed in the other match that it can be open. Atalanta and Ajax played a two-all draw. Ajax were flying. Michael Bridges on this very pod last week said they were no chance of going through. They then went and won 13-0 on the weekend against Venlo in the Eredivisie. Mm-hmm. And they were 2-0 up against Atalanta and we're just absolutely giving it to Bridgie behind the scenes. And but what did I say at halftime in the coverage? I wasn't listening. This game is not <laughs> over yet.
4: Atalanta <laughs> yeah. will find a way. So there you go. And Stick they did,
1: yeah. Two-all in the end. So there you go. A point shared in that one. Liverpool, of course, well and truly in front in the group. But elsewhere, Dave, I suppose the big news, almost big news, it would have been huge had Real Madrid lost again. They were 2-0 down against Gladbach with three minutes to go. What happened?
2: Yeah, and the post-game show had almost started at this point. And I'm literally hanging my head out the door to try and make sure we could see what happened. And um, Zizou, Zinazin Zidane, he emptied the bench, um, Eden Hazard played his first game in months. Luca Modric came on. And Karen Benzema, he got one back and he thought, oh, here we go. They're, they're gonna come home here and pull something out of the bag. And three minutes into stoppage time, Casemiro did that. That if they if he didn't, that would have been the first time ever they had lost four games straight in this competition. The group is still on its head. You've still got Real Madrid, the greatest team in this competition, bottom of the table. But just a A shout out to Gladbach, who now in two games have proved to be really defensively sound, really well organised, have the ability to eke out a goal themselves, Marcus Turam, with two great finishes today, but they'll be kicking themselves because they have dropped leading positions twice.
1: I wonder how long it will be before Marcus Turam can be mentioned without us mentioning that it's (laughs) Lillian Turam's son. Not today, obviously, maybe next time he started very well in the Champions League. Elsewhere in that group, Bridgie. Oh, man, go and have a look at the Sport app for the highlights or the mini-match because Inter Milan had so many opportunities. They hit the crossbar. Martinez missed. I'm going to put it out there. It will be the worst miss of the group stage. How on earth didn't they win away at Shakhtar? I don't know. I keep going back to look at the highlights, Rich,
4: because, you know, it was a multi-killer, a, a, multi <laughs> a killer, should we say.
2: People's multis, look oh, at that. Oh, betting, yeah. Yeah, they're betting. Yeah. <laughs> Please gamble responsibly. Actually, no, I actually had a I actually had a draw in that game. Did you? Yeah. yeah well it wasn't you. about a fifteen leg like, multi, so it didn't make well, any sense. Well, it didn't otherwise.
4: make any difference. <laughs> but yeah, it was just incredible, Rich. The amount of attacks that you know Inter Milan actually had, the clear cuts, and it was I was surprised actually because Shakhtar in their first game they looked so offensive. They went mm. and give it to, to Madrid. And then this one, they totally just went the opposite way. We're going to defend for our lives.
2: I reckon it shows how ordinary Madrid were. Because actually in that game last week, Shakhtar started off like they intended to do today. And it was so bad, that they realised they were open for business. Um, today, they did ride their luck, but they still, they had five, six, they had ten at the back at some points today. And Antonio Conte's side, they couldn't find a solution.
1: I think Shakhtar's XG was 0.07, which is basically <laughs> like you might have had one corner at some point. Similar story, actually, for Marseille at home to Manchester City. They never look like scoring against City. Three-nil winners on the road. Good victory for them, Dave. Obviously, for the points on the board, and like Liverpool, they've got six out of a possible six. But also, just to get some fluency up front yeah. again, because against West Ham, they were
2: so dour. I think this is just what they need. On Marseille, of all the teams we've watched over the, the, the three match days, I've probably noticed them... That the least. They don't bob up with the least, but City, just what they need, Bridgie, because you feel like with them, they just need to get back in the groove. They keep getting setbacks, they keep getting the questions about their mental fortitude at this point in time, but with Phil Foden, instrumental today, and then the Kevin De Bruyne, super instrumental today, it was just a tonic for them.
4: To see De Bruyne back in that team sheet was magnificent, not only for the fans, for Pep Guardiola, but for myself. I love watching him, Dave. And yet again, he showed his class to assist that. The no-look pass across goal. And, you know, Sterling got got on the end of one of them. But for me as well, also Laporte and Diaz at the back. The two central defenders, a place where City...
0: Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I haven't had any consistency. Mm. They've had to spend big.
4: They looked again. Solid Zinchenko came in and made a difference, but De Bruyne for me... In taking City going forward, that was a huge, huge win mm. for them. And I've played in Marseille. It's a horrendous place. I played there in the semi-final for Newcastle United. Didier Drogba is the only person I've seen to d- destroy Jonathan Woodgate single-handedly in a game. And basically the lads go, what was all that about, Woody? The fans at this place, it it can become toxic. It's so intimidating. I think they are struggling hugely with this COVID restriction. Massive disadvantage because the behind the goal there, they're mental. Mm. Well, that's actually City's first ever
2: win in France. So it would have been really different outside of COVID, possibly.
1: Indeed. Elsewhere in that group, Porto got the points against Olympiacos. I said on the show, I think Olympiacos won the kit battle today. Their away strip was delightful. Let's bring in John Aloisi. uh, Because he is the fashionista of Optus Sport, always has an opinion on kit fashion. But John, let's talk first of all about Group A. Atletico Madrid and Salzburg was an absolute belter. 3-2 for Atletico in the end. And João Felix scored two, created at least two. With them as well is this him coming of age now lifting atletico to a win they desperately needed on match day two
5: yeah i think so i think he's shown glimpses of how good he has uh, been in, in the, the last season and a bit but it, I, I think today he really showed what he can do in terms of champions league and uh, getting atletico madrid over the line because they desperately needed that win um after losing 4-0 last week against Bayern Munich and uh, And it wasn't only the three goals that they scored. They created a lot of chances. They played more of an attacking style of football. Yes, they did concede two goals as well. But, uh, you know, with the amount of attacking players they got in that side, it's good that Simeone allowed his players to go forward on a a better um, and a regular basis, that was.
4: John, I'm just going to say you've you, you've answered my question to a degree, but Felix and Suarez looked like they were so happy this morning playing with more of a freedom, knowing that they were they had support. They had support yeah. from the back in 19, 19 shots, eight on target. So put that down as a striker. What do you what do you make of it?
5: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, not only those two players up front because a lot of the time in the past they've always had good strikers, Bridgie, but uh, they just allowed them. They've isolated them quite a bit. Whereas uh, this morning they had Ioranta coming from behind. And, and we saw what he could do uh, last season, uh, especially against Liverpool. And, you, you know, you still got good midfielders and you've got the, your full-backs that can uh, bomb on and get pulled. And uh, because they were so desperate for that win, they had to come out, really. And uh, they were 2-1 down. And uh, what a massive result for them, and not only for them, for Spanish football, because it's a little bit in turmoil at the moment.
1: Yeah, I want to get to that in a moment, John. Uh, You're the Spanish football expert, and you can break down what on earth's going on today for us. Just before we get there, though, the other game in Group A, Dave, Lokomotiv Moscow. It looked like they might have got a point against the champions, Bayern Munich, but you know, we know how good they are, and even the players that are unheralded can pop up with moments of magic to win it. Yeah, that's right. That's
2: exactly what Joshua Kimmich did. Uh, after, not only did Lokomotiv Moscow equalise, uh, they actually had a couple of really decent chances to go ahead. So Bayern didn't have it their own way. Um, I actually thought they were going to. Leon Goretzka um, came arrived late in the box and finished off a real sizzling move, and they had... A number of chances it just weren't as ruthless as we're used to seeing them. Maybe they thought they're having it a bit too easy, but um, I thought it was really interesting how Moscow, looking at Moscow, had a crack. They had a crack. They were gutsy. The high line of Bayern Munich. They tried to explode it, and the, and they did at times. But uh, Kimmich's goal was. Top class and superb. Would you say locomotive just ran out of steam? Do you know how many times the commentator mentioned the steam train in that game? (laughs) It's like, they're coming home with a a steam train. Oh, man. (laughs) You had to go there. Let's look
1: forward to match day two, part B, let's call it, on Thursday morning, John. And that Spanish turmoil I referred to earlier is the fact that Barcelona, ahead of their match away in Turin against Juventus, They've had their president walk out or quit, or their board quit. I mean, it was a bit of a mess. What happened? How do you break it down for us?
5: Well, how do you break it down? It's not only recent results, Rich. It goes back, and I think this was the start of it, to Barca Gate, they called it. This is when they used the members' money to spy on and criticise important club figures and current players. And one of those current players is Lionel Messi and also Gerard Piquet. Now, this, this went back uh, uh, last season, early on in last season, and, uh, and there were leaking stories from the club that it was getting out in the papers, and it came back that it was uh, the former uh, chairman, president, Bartomel, and also their board. And uh, and that's when it started to, to really go wrong for them and spiral out of control. And then the on-field uh, disaster, not only uh, they didn't win a trophy last season, they got knocked out of the Champions League And we all know about that game when they conceded eight goals against Bayern Munich. And it didn't start well this season for them as well. And then there was a 20,000 members that voted uh, with no confidence in the current board. And then enough was enough. There were supposed to be elections in June. uh, No, sorry, in March next year. Um, They've resigned this morning. They've had to bring now the elections forward. But in the meantime, they'll have an interim board. What does this say? This says the club is in a little bit of a, a, a crisis mode. Um, I don't know who is going to be in the running to be the, uh, the next board or the next president, but uh, what does it say for the likes of Ronald Koeman, who was appointed by this board? and uh, and will Lionel Messi now have the power to bring in who he wants? This is a big questions that are going to come out of Barcelona.
1: If you were a Barcelona fan watching this, you'd be shaking your head. But as a neutral, the thing that made my skin crawl was the mention from Bartomeu that Barcelona have already signed up for a European Super League and more clubs will come out in support of that soon. As a football fan, that's the last thing you want to hear after this crap that's just gone on in the UK with Project Mm. Big Picture this stuff needs to be absolutely put to bed sooner rather than later because it's an absolute stain on the game at the
2: moment. Let's look at this morning. Lokomotiv Moscow pushed Bayern. Shakhtar drew with with Inter Milan. Real Madrid got pushed by Gladbach, Salzburg pushed Atletico. Atalanta Ajax, two all. Marseille were the only real stinker in that. You go to an 18-closed-shop European Super League, we lose that theatre. And we lose that drama. Yes, those big clubs are going to get huge coffers, but we lose that magic. But also, Juventus
1: play Barcelona tomorrow morning. If that happened every single year, you'd get over it very quickly. The reason, and sadly, Cristiano Ronaldo isn't playing in that game, but the reason that that game's so big is that there's always something at stake. It's special when they meet because it doesn't happen all the time.
2: And the group stage, it can be a bit procedural. Outside of the Manchester United... Leipzig uh, group with PSG, probably most other groups you'd expect the top two to go through, but you get the opportunity to see these new teams discover new talents, come through, but you just don't get that with this close shop.
4: Totally agree, Dave. Totally agree with that. Well, in terms do of... Me, do you want me to throw another span in the works for you, though? Go on, do it. If Messi gets his own way... And he's managed to get rid of the board and all the rest of it. And he was after a man in Bielsa to be the manager. No, don't do <laughs> that. I don't want to upset you. I'm gonna put the <laughs> I'm gonna don't, put the scarers on you. Don't do that. <laughs> this it, is this is no bullshit. It, yeah, no, it won't happen. It, it's Dave. Uh, sorry,
2: <laughs> Rich, dizzy. I'm sorry,
4: You're dizzy. You're dizzy with fear. He he wants Bielsa as his man at
1: Barcelona. And if Johnny thinks that um, you know, Kuhn was there, I'll tell you what, I'm worried. I'll tell you the one reason Bielsa won't go to Barcelona. He's a man of principles. Who would walk into that club? having any principles based on what's happened over the past few years. Very well, true.
5: We, we, know, we know the Bielsa's past as well. He, he signed for Lazio and within days he walked out of the club. Now, he, he won't go into a club like Barcelona, especially the way they are at the moment and uh, and feel that he's going to have the power to actually do his work. And I think, with the, like Rich said, he's a man of principles um, plus he coached Espanol so just down the road from Barcelona. I, I don't mm. know how much they would want him there or he would want to go to Barcelona.
4: Uh, thank you, John. you just mm-hmm. calmed me down. Thank you.
2: John, can I ask <laughs> a double-barrel to you? Um, does this mean Lionel Messi, who in one day has seen the board that he doesn't like at Barcelona, and, and he won't face Ronaldo tomorrow, so he's winning the world today. Does he stay now? And also, uh, this season, does this does this connect to what happens on the field? Is Does the turbulence marry over, or can Barcelona separate both crises on and off the park?
5: I actually think this is a bonus and a plus for them as a football club and it will end up helping them on the pitch. I think that uh, at the moment Real Madrid aren't showing that they're going to go and run away with the title. I think that Atletico Madrid will be there or thereabouts uh, but uh, I think this will help Barcelona. It just depends who uh, they are put in place as president and the board um, but I think this will give Messi and the rest of the playing group A big relief that they didn't get along with this board. And uh, it's been six years now that they've had this turmoil within the club. It's only come out uh, the last couple of seasons, but it, it must have been growing there for a long time. And what Messi wants, Messi wants to win. That's the biggest thing. It's not about power. It's not about him getting his way. Messi doesn't want to be playing in a team that doesn't compete, not only for La Liga titles, but for the Champions League. And at the moment, they are way off. So I think this is a good sign for them, even though you know no one likes to see that the boards are overthrown and, and whatever else. but I think this will help them on the pitch.
1: So they're up against the Juventus team without Cristiano Ronaldo. The word's come through that he's tested positive again, or at least hasn't tested negative 24 hours out from the game. John, I watched uh, Juve against Hellas Verona on the weekend. They were awful, and they've drawn both games since Ronaldo's been out. So these are two sides meeting tomorrow, two heavyweights that might just be lightweight. What on earth ha- What on earth happens in this one?
5: Yeah, I think that uh, at the moment, the Juventus are lightweight because they're still getting to understand what Piedler wants. Piedler actually came out and said that he's not too uh, bothered about the the situation they have in the Serie A at the moment where they haven't started the season that well. They've drawn, uh, I think, it's three games. that uh, They still haven't uh, lost the game, but um, not like the Juventus of past seasons where they've been up the top from the very start. So he thinks that they're, they're on the right track. They're looking better each game. Um, they weren't good against Teles Verona. They were good against Dynamo Kiev and they got the win in their first away game in the Champions League. So I still think that um, it's going to be a close contest, yet both teams not in great form, but I think events will have too much at home.
1: So this one is our feature game in the studio, coverage from 6.30am Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Looking at some of the other fixtures, uh, Cracker at Old Trafford. We said before, that uh, Mark Schwarzer will be there. United up against Leipzig. I'm pumped for this one.
4: Yes, it's going to be an interesting task. Manchester United, they've steadied a little bit this ship. They've had a bit of turmoil. Um, Bruno Fernandes has come in with the armband and he showed, you know, his reaction was priceless, but he, he, he used that armband wisely. He wore it with pride. They're coming up against a mean outfit. Red Bull Leipzig, top of the Bundesliga, unbeaten, four wins, one draw. I love watching this team. If there's any team that is going to test the steel in the defence of
1: Manchester United that has been in question, it's going to be this team. Speaking of steel in defence, I asked you this on the post-game show, Dave, but it came out so nicely, it felt so good coming out of my mouth, that I'm going to ask you again, uh, Krasnodar at home to Chelsea. Are Chelsea the
2: most boring team in Europe? What a pleasure it is to watch multiple clean sheets back to back to back. It's just what you dream of. No, honestly, after the simply ridiculous defensive numbers that were being thrown Chelsea's way um, and that Frank Lampard had to deal with, like, Edouard Mendy and Thiago Silva, they, they have brought a stability and a structure to Chelsea's lineup. And obviously, uh, Lampard went to three at the back uh, for the last Premier League game. And uh, Mendy's had three clean sheets. That's a fairly hefty turnaround. Like everyone is saying, it's, it's just going to be so interesting to see if he can balance both facets of the field. Can he link them? Um, and I think for the sake of Chelsea's season, Chelsea needed that solidity. But there's a lot of expensive players that aren't finding their feet right now. So he um, better hope it's not nil uh, four in a. Uh, for, for his side in Krasnodar because that will not be a good thing. Mm. Well, that one's the early kickoff. Krasnodar and
1: Chelsea from Group E. Elsewhere in the early time slot, Istanbul, Başakşehir against PSG in the same group as Manchester United and Leipzig. That game comes later on. So too, Sevilla and Ren from Group E. Club Bruges and Lazio is an interesting one in a group that also includes Dortmund against Zenit. I'll keep a particular eye on that one. Can Haaland score once again in the Champions League elsewhere? Yes, he can. Yep, he I don't bother watching because we've answered the question. Uh, group G, Ferencvaros at home to Dynamo Kiev. That's the same group, of course, as Juve and Barcelona. Oh, plenty to look forward to. John Aloisi, you need your beauty sleep. We'll let you crack on and we'll see you tomorrow, mate.
5: (laughs) Thanks. See you tomorrow morning. (laughs) Believe
1: you me, John doesn't need his beauty (laughs) sleep. If if there's one man that doesn't. need to get off. (laughs) So to speak. Yeah. uh, mm, Well, let's all go and rest, shall we, before tomorrow morning. It should be a cracking game. Juve Barcelona. If nothing else for what's happening off the pitch, let alone on, but we know that with uh, still plenty of superstars. Sans Ronaldo. Fascinating viewing, Dave Weiner. Thanks for your company. Good fun as ever, uh, Bridgie. You have yourself a lovely day, mate. Good day. Good God bless. You. You've thrown me there. <laughs> I've gone. Don't rewind the tape and find out why. Thanks, guys. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching as well. We'll be with you tomorrow morning, and we'll have another match day Gagan Pod between now and then. Enjoy your football.